Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey everyone, this is Dan Lomby and welcome to another edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm I, and I am joined by Mary Kay Cabot via the phone. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. How you doing? I'm doing well. We've got a, a good show today, a little different today. Um, we will talk about OTAs, Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, all of that stuff. And then uh, we've got an interview with Jarvis Landry for a, a story I'm putting up at Cleveland.com. It'll go up about the same time as this podcast. So if you're listening to this, you can find that uh, Q&A as well at Cleveland.com slash Brown. So we'll play that for you. And uh, that will be our, our podcast today. But Mary Kay, let's get right to it. Our big story today is OTAs. So let's talk about what happened on Wednesday. I'm sorry, on Tuesday, actually. It's a little different this week. Um, our third and final open OTA session of the 10. And, you know, there was some news that came out of this. And it started with Baker Mayfield finally getting promoted to the second team. Yeah, I thought that was very significant. And I will be posting a what does it all mean uh, post on that either later today or tomorrow morning, which would be Friday morning. Um, and basically, I think it's very significant that Baker Mayfield was bumped up to the twos because uh, it shows that he's making progress. It also shows they feel that he can handle a little bit more. And then it gives him an opportunity to uh, expand his repertoire of the receivers that he's throwing to. I think that's vitally important. And then the other thing is he's working against better defenders, and he needs, uh, he needs to do that. He needs to figure out what the speed of this game is really like, and he needs to get some reps with uh, a guy like Miles Garrett you know, coming at him. It, do, do you think this was sort of the the plan all along that this is how they wanted it to play out that before they got to this veteran mini camp which is you know three days next week that Baker would would kind of be embedded with the twos by then what do you, do you think that was the hope well it may have been but sometimes you go by feel and I have to wonder after talking to Baker this week and and seeing that he seemed to be getting a little bit frustrated with his progress I wonder if they weren't kind of uh, moving him up a little bit to, to boost his confidence and, and kind of give him something else to latch onto and to feel good about. Uh, if, you know, they could have waited until the mini camp, but I think it was an opportunity to sort of give him a vote of confidence and let him know that he is coming along at the pace that they're happy with. Well, it also probably says something too about, uh, you know, some stuff that we can't see. It probably says something about how he's grasping the offense um, and, and some of the work he's putting in off the field. They, they obviously seem to feel comfortable with where he is there as well. They definitely do. And I think that's one of the major differences between when I look to Baker and then I look back at Johnny Manziel. And I, I use that as a comparison because, you know, they're both first-round picks. They're of similar size. They're both Heisman Trophy winners and different things like that. And yeah. Johnny was also a first-round pick. So uh, when I look back to, to Johnny and the way that he handled – uh, his first OTAs and his mini camps and things like that. Uh, you remember he was jetting off to Las Vegas in the middle of that. And Mike Pettin was saying, Oh, boys will be boys. And, you know, they're going to go have their fun. 
Well, the difference between the two is that Baker Mayfield is working overtime at his craft. Uh, he's working really hard to perform well under center, which he's just not used to doing at all. He's putting in the time and the effort, and he really is hungry to be great at this. And and I think for those reasons, he has a good chance to succeed. Yeah, you, you bring up Johnny, and it's funny. A couple of weeks ago, it was Memorial Day weekend, and I, I believe that was when the, the swan happened. And I just remember, look, Memorial Day weekend and July 4th, kind of that weekend, are, are very stressful times uh, for NFL front offices and and trying to keep tabs on their players. And, and you could just always guarantee that there was going to be some Johnny Manziel news coming out of those types of weekends. Yeah, you look back now, and I mean, it was funny because I think as reporters, we could all see the train wreck that he was right from the very start. And I think if you remember correctly, we took heat for that. I, I was hammering away at the party aspect of Johnny Manziel right away because I knew that that is not how a rookie quarterback can come in and, and succeed. It was nothing like I had ever seen before or even heard before of other guys around the NFL doing when they were you know, first trying to crack the starting lineup and, and make their impact on an NFL team. And so it was evident you know, right away, and I think the Browns kind of laughed it off or passed it off a little bit as, you know, oh, this is just, uh, you know, what NFL players do. They go have fun. They go to Vegas and whatnot. But um, obviously it was the beginning of the end for him in his rookie OTAs. Now, now getting back to Baker, with him at at number two, you know, this does open up, of course, as we head into training camp. People are going to talk about it. Baker Mayfield versus Tyrod Taylor. Hugh Jackson has been firm in, in stating that Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback. Um, he, he downplayed moving Baker up to the, to the second team on Tuesday when, when we talked to him. Uh, I, I think he's handled this quarterback situation very well so far. Uh, does Baker being at number two change the dynamic of, of any sort of competition in training camp, or is Tyrod Taylor still pretty well embedded as that starter uh, against the Steelers week one? You know, I, I am glad that you brought that up, Dan, because I do think it's important to note this. It does not mean that Baker is getting ready to move up to number one anytime soon. It really doesn't. Hugh Jackson is committed to Tyrod Taylor as his starter, and that's how they're going to handle this throughout minicamp that we have next week and throughout training camp. And, yes, Baker Mayfield's going to look good. He's going to dazzle. He's going to do some things that are going to make the coaches and the players and the fans' uh, eyes pop and things like that. Uh, he's going to be exciting, and he's going to press Tyrod Taylor. But Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter. I firmly believe that, that he will start the season. You can't go backwards if you do it the other way. You, if you started Baker and you realized, you know, three games into it that it wasn't going to work for you, you know, it would be really tough then to go to Tyrod and, you know, kind of do the yo-yo thing. Nobody wants that to happen. Start the season with Tyrod. He has the experience. He's won 22 games. He took the build to the playoffs snapped their 17-year drought. It's the right way to handle this thing. There's no rush to get Baker in there right away from the very start. And I I just don't see it happening that way. You know, and I also get the sense too with Tyrod, I get the sense that the players believe in this guy. You know, obviously we we don't get to talk to these guys as much as we do during the season when the locker room is open and things like that. But I do get the sense when guys talk about Tyrod Taylor, like they believe that this guy's a good quarterback. They believe they can win games with him. Um, there seems to be a belief that you know, there's no rush to get this kid out there. And I think guys are excited about Baker too, but they're, they're fine with Tyrod Taylor. They're, they're excited to play with him. They've seen what he did in Buffalo. 
You're absolutely right about that. And not only that, he's having a really good OTAs. In the practice that we watched this week on Tuesday, he threw a lot of touchdown passes. He's using his legs. He's using his arm. He has a command of Todd Haley's offense. I think Todd Haley is adapting the offense to uh, Tyrod Taylor's dual threat skill set. They're doing different things. Uh, We're seeing a lot of, of creative things that they're doing with him. And they can do, and they can even expand on anything that he's ever done before because he's ready for more. He has the experience to do all of those things. At the same time, we're watching Baker learn some fundamentals of the game, like how to take a snap from under center. I mean, these are just things that he has to learn. He doesn't have time to slide protections and, uh, you know, change, you know, change the motions and do all those kinds of things right now. Uh, He is just trying to learn how to play the pro game and also, uh, assimilate and absorb Todd Haley's complex offense. He's really never had to study a playbook like this before. Just the terminology alone uh, would boggle someone's mind if they could actually see what these plays look like and sound like. So uh, this is just the way that it should be right now, and, uh, and, and I think it's justified that players are excited about Tyrod. Yeah, all of that and the things these quarterbacks have to do with the line of scrimmage in the NFL. It's it's so much. I mean, there's a reason that in college football you snap the ball with 30 seconds on the play clock. And in the NFL, if you snap it with 20 on the play clock, that's quick. I mean, there's so much these quarterbacks have to process, not just getting the play calls, but then when they get up to the line, there's so many adjustments they have to make and so many things they have to go through. Um, it's it's incredible. It really is. And I think that, that Baker is – finding out very quickly just how fast this game is and and just how quickly he's going to have to operate and get the ball out. And that requires uh, just knowing that offense inside and out uh, because, like you said, there are so many things happening in a split second. And I think he has – he seems to have the football IQ, the very fast processing speed to get it all down. But that's not going to happen in your first few weeks on the job. There's so much – uh, that, that he still has to learn, and it's all coming at him like an avalanche right now. So it's good that, you know, it's good the way that it is. It's good that he moved up to number two. I think it was time for that. And, you know, even like you said, Hugh downplayed it, but they should, they should not go backwards on that. This shouldn't just be a, oh, well, we did that on Tuesday, and then next week, you know, we're going to have Drew Stanton in there with it. No, there's no reason to do that. You don't need to have Drew Stanton taking those precious second team reps. You need to get Baker Mayfield getting all the reps and the experience that he can possibly get with players he might actually be throwing to at some time during the season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Drew Stanton's done that stuff. Drew Stanton started games in the NFL. You know, you don't need Drew Stanton. To, if Drew Stanton is playing for you this year, uh, you're, you're in big trouble. Um, let's talk real quickly about Denzel Ward moving up to, uh, to the first team defense. Uh, you know, he had worked against some of the first team receivers at times. You know, he had that play against Josh Gordon two weeks ago. Uh, but he was, he was definitely with the starters when we were there on Tuesday. Uh, and, and that's important, too. The number four pick in the draft, they want him to be their shutdown corner. Um, and, and it seems like he's progressing pretty quickly up that depth chart. And he really is. And again, it's time for that too. And when you look back to his predecessor, Joe Hayden, he was not a full-time starter until week nine. And it's almost mind boggling when you think about that now, uh, because I think he was probably ready earlier than that. Well, they don't really have the luxury of time on their side with Denzel Ward. He's the best cornerback that they have, and or he will be the best cornerback that they have uh, very quickly. So They're going to throw him in there. They're going to give him the experience that he needs. And it's time for him to work against the Josh Gordons of this team. And if he can do that, like you said, he broke up that fade. 
uh, if he can do those sorts of things in practice, then he's going to be ready for the Antonio Browns and the A.J. Greenton. He'll have his rookie ups and downs for sure against those kind of guys. Uh, but he is showing that the game is not too big for him. Yeah, and then that would be the, his first matchup would probably be Antonio Brown if, if he is, in fact, the number one corner at that point. And, you know, on, on the one hand, that makes you a little nervous. But on the other, you pick this guy number four. You can't be scared if he's ready to put him out there. You don't put him out there just because he was the number four pick. But if he shows you he's ready, you can't be scared to put him out there. That's true. And, and I think that uh, another thing that will help him tremendously is that they should have a pretty good test rush right from the start of the season. Miles Garrett missed the first four games last year. Then Emmanuel Ogba wasn't healthy for a while. Now they've got Miles Garrett will be ready to go from the start of the season as long as everything goes fine. Emmanuel Ogba seems to be on pace to start the season. So they'll have those two guys out there. And then you're going to roll in guys like Chad Thompson. Now, you still have some injuries on defense right now, but I don't think uh, that these are anything that are too, too serious. By the time the season rolls around, they should have their full complement of pass rushers out there. All right. And the last little piece of news, of course, Michael Kendricks uh, officially signed with the Browns. He was there on Tuesday. Uh, he's working his way back from injury as well. But um, so there was a report, Jordan Schultz from Yahoo reported that uh, Kendricks was coming to Cleveland to start. Uh, no one was that strong uh, when they talked about Kendricks on Tuesday or when Kendricks himself talked on Tuesday, but you know, if that's the case, this linebacking core, it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Yeah, well, I asked him specifically about that report, and he said, well, I don't know about that, but, um, you know, I'm coming in here. I've always had to earn everything I've ever gotten, and I plan to do that here as well. And I'm sure that's the case. But the fact that he ended up here with opportunities to go to Minnesota and Oakland tells me that he had some reassurance or at least some indication uh, that they were bringing him, him in here to start. He's talking about wanting to make the Pro Bowl and the Browns giving him the best chance to do that. Well, you're not going to do that coming off the bench. That's not happening. So he had some idea, some indication that he is coming in here for a starting role and it's going to be something to watch because uh, Hugh Jackson said he will start him out at middle linebacker. Well, that's Joe Schobert's job and he made the Pro Bowl, albeit as an alternate there last year. But if that's the case, you know, that sets up quite a battle in the middle there uh, between Joe and Michael. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Of course, you got uh, Jamie Collins, too, coming back from injury. We seem to never really talk about Christian Kirksey. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be – especially because I don't think Greg Williams is going to play as many three linebacker sets as he did last year. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, it, it really will because, uh, you know, when you think about it, when you look back over Michael Kendrick's career, it seems as though he mostly played – the an outside linebacker spot in a 4-3. Now, of course, defenses are in all different kinds of alignments because of, uh, you know, extra wides and all that. Uh, so you're not in the 4-3 as much as you would think when it's your base offense defense. But, um, you know, I, I, he traditionally, again, has been an outside backer in a 4-3 base. So how will they use him? We don't quite know yet. We'll have more of an idea once he obviously gets on the field. Okay, so that is a recap of OTAs. Uh, we have mandatory minicamp next week. That's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll have all kinds of coverage of that. We'll uh, definitely get at least one podcast in next week on that. If not a few more, we'll be out in Berea uh, all three of those days. So there's going to be a lot, of, uh, a lot of fun watching that. And then, of course, it's time to get ready for training camp after that. It's coming up quick, Mary Kay. 
Well, and, you know, stick around, everyone, for Dan's excellent interview with Jarvis Landry coming up. He got an opportunity, a rare opportunity, to uh, to actually just stand there and talk to a guy for like 20 minutes. And I've listened to it. It's great. You guys will enjoy it. So have at it. Yeah, Jarvis was, was awesome. It's about 20 minutes long. And uh, we talked about Miami. We talked about his time in Cleveland. We talked about Odell Beckham. So uh, lots of good stuff. Uh, we're going to get to that right now. You know what? It's been fun. It's been exciting. Um, obviously, getting around the guys and you know playing football again after the break and um, learning the playbook and you know putting it together. You know that's that's been the best part about this whole thing. Is this does this feel different? Obviously, you're in a different place. But I mean, does it feel different from the last you know four? No, absolutely. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, you know it's football and it comes down to wins and losses and. You know, um, I think the thing that I'm impressed more about this place is just the competition level, you know, and the things that Coach Hugh encourages, you know, Coach Haley, Coach Greg, obviously, you know, everybody speaks for itself. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the, the competition level is really high here. I feel like, I know Greg, defensive coordinator, I feel like you and Greg would get along. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you two could have some battles. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, every time I walked through the hallway, he's like, I wish he was on my side of the ball, you know. Um, you know, and I, I take it as a compliment, you know, yeah. but, uh, you know, obviously that's a different world over there for me. Um, but, you know, it's fun. You know, he he does a great job with his guys and with the scheme and stuff. When, when you look at this coaching staff, you know, you obviously have Hugh, um, who was a coordinator in Cincinnati, had all those good receivers. But Todd Haley did great things with Antonio Brown, other guys like that. Does, does that kind of get you excited to, to work with guys like this? Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm excited about the staff. I'm excited about the guys that I play next to, Josh Gordon, mm-hmm. Corey Coleman, Joku, um, Tyrod, you know, Hyde. You know, the list goes on. But, you know, I'm excited about um, just, just the different ways, you know, they're going to give me the ball, you know, and, and those guys the ball at the same time. And, um, you know, the creativity, obviously, like you said, you know, Coach Hugh having the offense in mind. I think he's a quarterback coach for a while there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's really offensive friendly. And, you know, Ty Haley, his resume speaks for itself. So, so what did you think of, you know, before you got here? I, I don't think you guys played the Browns. You didn't play them last year. I think you played them in 2015, but maybe 2016. I'm sorry. We won the overtime. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Um, so, so what did you think of this team like before that trade happened? What, what we, if somebody said Cleveland Browns, like what, what popped in your head? Um, no, honestly, man. Truthfully. You know, that they were struggling football team, organization. Um, hadn't won, I think they won like four, four games in the last four years or something like that, or three years. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> Not many. You know, I think that that was, you know, and, and honestly, truthfully, I think my concern was more on the the, the Miami and yeah. where I was. And, you know, I wasn't really paying too much attention. And I obviously we played them in 2015, so I got a chance to play against them. We went to overtime. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, and we went to the playoffs that year. So, obviously, I thought they were a really good team after playing them. Um, I think they missed the field goal to win the game. I think so, yeah. The um, day. Yeah, so. Yeah, they signed like the day before yeah, or something. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, you know, you never know. In this league, anybody can win on the Sundays. And, you know, I think that that was the thing. Just I just didn't really have too much, you know, I didn't know too much about them, just that they hadn't won the game in a little while. So, so now that you're here, I mean, you're a little surprised. Is there, I mean, is it what you expected? Mm, 
didn't really have any expectations yeah. coming in. You know, I just wanted to, again, excited to make the transition, you know, be here, be back in the building, finally get a chance to play again, get out on the field. I think that that was the most important um, point for me. So let's, let's go back a little bit to, like, February. Um, you know, you're going through the whole getting tagged. You don't know where you're going to be. What kind of where were you mentally at that point? Um, at peace. Yeah. Um, I just had a daughter, my daughter. Uh, she just made had just made one, and you know I had a lot of opportunity to spend time with her and um, hang out with her, be with my family. You know I think that that was one of the most important things for me. I know especially, um, and you know I understood that regardless of the fact that you know it was coming for me. You know like whether it was in Miami, Cleveland, or somewhere else. You know um, it was coming for me from from the work that I put in previously the past four years. So you know I, I was at peace with that. You know wherever it was because you know I believe in myself. But had someone said to you, you know, at that time, like, okay, you're you're going to get traded to Cleveland, maybe, maybe not even Cleveland specifically, you're going to get traded, and then within two weeks, whatever it was, you're going to sign a huge contract extension. Could, would, would you have believed them if somebody had told you that? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, I didn't have any plans to play on the franchise that. I think that that's part of the reason for the trade as well. Um. You know, I mean, in this game, you know, I think when when players have opportunities to um, get what they deserve, they should get what they deserve. I think the franchise tag is obviously is a substantial amount. It's a good amount. But, you know, long-term security is why we play this game, you know. Um, and, again, we know how dangerous this game is, you know. So um, that was kind of my thought. I was at peace, really. So, so when you when they approached you about the extension, um, I mean, did you think it would did you think it would happen that quickly, or did you think that you'd have to not go out and prove it? Because obviously, I know you you think you've proven right. it already, but I mean, show them what you could do for the Browns in this uniform. Well, I think you know Hugh and Mr. Dorsey, Jim D. I think they understood what I could do, what I brought to the table, mm-hmm. you know, and it's one of the reasons why they went through with the trade, you know, um, and. Um, you know, they believed in me, my leadership, you know, obviously my playmaking ability and, you know, um, what I've done in the past four years, you know, even Coach Haley talks about it not to this day. It's, it's nothing because now you wear your new uniforms. We all wear new uniforms. Yeah. We all got something to prove. And I, I kind of like that challenge. So, you know, did I think it would come that quick? You know, yeah, I think I, I, I a lot of stuff was going on behind <laughs> closed doors, you know, and um, I was hoping it got, got done, you know, before I even – came but yeah. you know it didn't um but you know they were working towards it so I was I was in high hopes that it was going to happen so I mean it sounds like you felt like despite all the everything that was swirling around and every it just it sounds like when, when you say you were at peace it sounds you like you really mean you were at peace like yeah I, man listen I love this game <laughs> I love this game and you know what you know, I, I've I've talked to Jerry Rice, I've talked to Chris Carter, I've talked to T.O., I've talked to Randy Moss, you know, receivers that I've I grown to respect that are some of the greatest, you know. And the big thing is, you know, a lot of those guys don't wish to come back and play again, yeah. you know. But, you know, uh, maybe Randy. Randy <laughs> Randy wants to come play again. But, you know, it's just, just the, the love for the game, you know. I love just having the opportunity because there's only 1,600 players in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And there, there are thousands of people that try out or try to make it to this level and never do, you know. So regardless for me, I knew regardless, for, regardless of where I was at, the opportunity to play football was just a blessing in itself, 
you know, and uh, I was at peace with that no matter where it was because I was confident in who I am and what I can do and what I bring. What's that moment like when you sign that deal? I mean, there's a, like, I, I couldn't fathom it. Right. People that read this or hear this wouldn't be able to fathom it. What's that moment like to finally, especially because it's something you wanted for so long, right. what's that moment kind of like? Man, it's surreal. You know, it's surreal. Just just thinking about it and and, and, and trying, trying to put it in words, I don't think you can, you know. Um, again, you know, every player plays this game for that long-term security, you know, and um, going into my fifth year to have an opportunity to um, – put it together and do the things that I've done and you know and and be compensated for it the right way you know that's that's like you doing your job and you know you you blasting out these reports and, and stuff like that and 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 the positive feedback you know and when it comes time for you to get your raise you want your raise you know yeah. and um it's just kind of that situation and I'm great. I mean, you said your, your daughter. Your daughter just turned one. You said, yes, she's that right. What, yeah. What's her name? Joy. Joy. Okay. Joy. I know, I've seen. I've seen some of the Instagram yeah. posts or stories or yeah. whatever. She's. She looks like she's a <laughs> she is. She is, man. But she's so smart, man. I, it, it blows my mind um, every day just watching her grow up. You know, I, I I love obviously being here, and once I leave here, and no matter how tired I am, or you know, if I had a bad day when I walk in that house and she sees me and she goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I get home, I lay on the floor with her for about an hour, you know, just playing with her and um, enjoying that time, you know. It's, it's, it's a really good feeling being a dad. You know, I never <laughs> knew what it would feel like. Um, but, you know, this stage of her life when she's, you know, more active and she's talking back and she's understanding what I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's a... It's a ball, good ball game right there. So, so she is here with you. Yeah, she's here because yeah. I know some guys just come in for practices and stuff, and then go back to wherever. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I'm I'm here for five years. So, you know, I decided to you know make this a um, uh, buy a house here. Yeah. And, you know, move my family here, and you know, kind of go from there. So, you know, obviously, I've, I've heard you talk to us in press conferences. I see you on the field. Um, you know, and then I went back and looked at. This offseason, some things that, you know, why maybe the Dolphins would want to trade you, why they would not want to sign you to an extension. Mm-hmm. I mean, wh- why do you think that stuff is out there? Why, why do you think, like, you know, people kind of try to downgrade what you've done so far? Mm. You know what? I don't have a, I don't have an answer. You know, I played in a system in Miami where it was high volume. Um, I caught a lot of balls. I had less efficiency than a lot of other guys um, just because of the type of plays that we were running. Yeah. You know, and I think that that, that gets missing when you see Antonio Brown scoring <laughs> a 95-yard touchdown on a fade route or Odell, you know, catching a post or, you know, like things like that. I think it gets missing. But if you watch our games in Miami, you see, you see how, you know, the involvement of me made drives go. You see how the involvement of me making plays here and there or a block here and there, you know, made drives go. You know, a lot of those drives um, that I were, you know, particularly involved in or targeted in, you know, we scored on or we at least got points. You know, um, I, I, I wish I knew, bro. I wish I knew. But it gives me something else to prove every year, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, do you, is, is there a version of Jarvis Landry then that we haven't, that we haven't seen? I mean, I I think that you think there probably is because you stood up there and said you feel like you're the best receiver in the NFL. And I am. So, I mean, is there a version of you that we haven't seen? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and what does that look like? Um, hopefully it's in this offense. <laughs> you know, hopefully it's in this offense. You know, um, but again, you know, 
I think Todd is going to give me the opportunities that I need to, you know, not I, I would I would I would I'll say to show off my talents, not show off my talents, but you know the things that I can do. You know, um, I believe that I'm a complete receiver all around. Um, do I lack speed? Yeah, but a lot of guys lack speed. You know, um, Jordy Nelson lacks speed, but he he goes over a thousand yards. You know, the, the quarterback play is so important. You know, which has got me that much more excited about Tyrod and Bake. You know, and 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 you know the way that they're throwing the ball out here. Um, it, it makes me that much more excited. You know, um, it's a lot better than when I had in in Miami. You know, so I'm excited about that. Did, did you know Tyrod was coming? Mm-mm. You didn't. Mm-mm. So, so what did you think when that? Because that report came out, I think maybe like an hour or two after your trade. As soon as I found out he was coming, I called him, texted him. Sorry, I texted him like, "Let's do it." Yeah. Let's do it. You know, I found out when he was coming up here. Um, we all came up here for the press conference. We did the press conference, and then um, then we did the thing in Miami yeah. where we got everybody together, um, and then we back here, and we got something else planned uh, when we leave here right before training camp and stuff like that. So, I mean, I love it. You know, I never – again, I didn't do that in Miami with the quarterbacks mm-hmm. because they didn't want to do it, like, you know. Um, so I would say that the, the, the chemistry and – the, the type of guys that I'm around here makes me that much more excited because I know I'm going to be pushed at all levels at all times, you know. Yeah, so, so, I mean, like, so you're saying in, my, in Miami, like, they, they just didn't want to put in that, the, do those kinds of workouts, things like that with you guys <laughs> off the off the field? Is that, um, I mean, I know you probably don't want to relive the past too much, and I don't really yeah, but either, but. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you hear all the time, you know, Tom Brady take it, takes his guys to wherever. Um, the Giants take their guys to Duke, you know. You know, and when you think of quarterbacks, they have that chemistry with their receivers, you know, and I, I just didn't think. Obviously, again, I caught a lot of balls. Yeah. You know, um, on the field, I, I, I was more of a, a blanket, you know. Um, and But depending on the concepts of the plays, you know, it allowed me to be in the quarterback vision because I was yeah. five yards every time, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it allowed me to be in his vision always. And, you know, from there, just making making the catches, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I, I think Ten Hill's level, skill level um, and the way that he was playing the, the year 2015, the year he went to the playoffs before his injury, um, was at a high level, you know, and he could have took us to – Championship and or, or whatever or whatnot, but you know it didn't happen. Things happen in the NFL, and um, we moved past it. And you know, next season we had Jay Cutler, <laughs> and I love Jay. I love Jay. Yeah, I really do. So he's he's kind of an intense guy like you. Too, I love right? Jay. He's, he's I love Jay. Yeah. I love Jay. You got along with him pretty well. Jay's my guy. Yeah, um, I love Jay. Going back to Tyrod because he's sort of in a similar situation as you, I think. Like produced for a while, took a team to the playoffs, started a playoff game for a team. And then that following offseason, he's traded for a third-round pick. Right. Do, do you guys sort of connect over that a little bit? The idea that you guys were both on – you guys both performed well for pretty good teams and they didn't want you? Yeah, you know, whether it was they didn't want us or, you know, they had other plans to go in the different directions or they were trying to save money or, you know, it all goes without saying, you know, but I think the, 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 the purpose of us being here is, you know, to show them why. You know, and to to win games here in this uniform, which you know hasn't really been done. You know, uh, and I'm telling you, man, that's 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 what's to get excited about. Yeah. You know, it's not about where we've been and stuff like that. Like, the, this is this is, you know, the, the 
some of the defining moments of our careers and you know I know from for me I'll say it you know it for me like I, I want to continue to improve continue to show why I believe I'm the best receiver in the NFL. I mean it's almost like a parallel with the organization even like you guys are trying to prove right like you've been doubted right. people haven't believed in you I mean these guys are coming off one and fifteen and zero and sixteen. Same coach still. Kind of some parallels. Right. Parallels. And that's how my life is. I feel like that's how my life has been. I've always, you know, went places and been too slow, not uh, too slow, not tall enough, not big enough, you know. But I always put numbers up. Always scored touchdowns. Always, you know, talked about because of my intensity, my effort, you know, and. Uh, but still, in doing that, being an underdog, you know, and I think that this here, coming here and playing in Cleveland, like, it's another underdog story. It, it like, you know, it is what it is, you know, and I think we got to embrace it, you know, like, yeah, shit hasn't been done um, in the last however many years, you know, but, you know, only one team won the championship every year. You know, I don't give a hell how many games you won or if you made it to the playoffs. And listen, only one team won the championship, and that's the goal. You know, my goal, my goal coming here is not to just win one game and have a parade. I win two games because two games haven't been won here. And like, I, it's been a while. Right. So, so like, that's not my goal. Like, my goal is to win the championship because I train like that. I train with a championship mentality. Every game is a championship for me. I want to win them all. Obviously, is that realistic? Maybe not. But I, I want to win them all. What, what was that like in Miami when you, or wherever you guys trip, when you went down there with Njoku and uh, Ricard, Ricardo was there, I think, mm-hmm. Carlos, Tyron, yep. what, what was that? Just kept how, to get, how long were you down there, first of all? Um, I, so I lived down there, obviously. Okay. That was before I made the move up here. And honestly, man, like we were just kind of feeling the vibe, feeling out each other, you know. Uh, uh, you know, I was checking out their routes. You know, <laughs> I saw, I saw Njoku, obviously. Um, I heard about Ricardo. Um, obviously, I've seen Tyra for the last four years. Um, I came out with Carlos Hyde. You know, so I was just kind of like just, you know, seeing if they were who they were, you know, and they, and they were. You know, they, those guys are. They're extremely talented, you know, and yeah, it more was just kind of just getting us together, making sure we, we know each other, building the chemistry, the camaraderie, you know, so that when we come out here, like, we don't have to – adapt to each other like it's new you know it's it's more like we've been doing this together and you know it's just a normal thing did, did you put that together yes me and okay. Tyra you me and Tyra, Tyra together mm-hmm. okay so I, I think you talked about this a little bit just, just where'd that video idea come from um you know I gotta <laughs> and, I got, and also I gotta had you ever heard of Machine Gun Kelly before yes okay, absolutely. okay just absolutely. make it sure absolutely <laughs> you kidding um um but uh my, my my I have two man extraordinary talented talented friends man um, that they know how to work the camera the editing and all that stuff and um, so I told them about the idea and they were like bro we should get we should definitely flick that that's how they talk we should, we should definitely flick that and I was like all right let's do it you know and we made it happen nice um, you played with Odell what was that like it was fun. It was fun, exciting. You know, it's always good to have a good counterpart next to you, um, you know, uh, whose who skill sets balance out. Um, and it's almost becomes a pick your poison type of type of type of offense. Um, you know, so that's always a good thing. Similar to what it's going to look like here. You still, uh, still attached to LSU at all? You still follow them pretty closely? Yeah, I still follow them closely. I still follow them closely. Coach O and the guys over there. You know. Coach O is something yeah, else. Yeah, Coach O is something else. <laughs> He's probably the only coach on staff that I honestly, that I know, know, yeah. um, I have a little relationship with. Um, um, but 
for the most part, man, I, I check in on the guys every now and then. And, you know, obviously I'm looking in on Saturdays. You know, I got my jersey ready and LSU Bama, I'm, I'm crunk. I'm at the TV every Saturday, you know, so that's was, good. Was there a, a party I thought you kind of tried, to, you, I think you tweeted at him. Was there a party that was hoping maybe Odell would, would end up here somehow? Man, yeah, I mean, shit, I mean. You did tweet at him, right? Yeah, now. I did, I did. I mean, if it was possible, I think it, I thought it was possible. You know, I think we had the cap to do it. Um, and I didn't know what the situation was going on in, in, in New York. Um, but it was a good try. I think it was a good try. <laughs> so so uh, I'll let you go here in a couple questions. But um, just when people say, you know, okay, the Browns paid $15 million a year. Because this is what people are saying when, when they did the extension. They, pay, they paid $15 million a year for a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. But what's your response to that? Um... You know, every receiver is a slot receiver, depending on the offense. You know, if you go back, I think I caught about 60 balls in the slot this past year. You know, but, you know, guys like Julio Jones, he catches at least 30, 40 balls from the slot. AB catches about 30, 40 balls from the slot. You know, guys obviously that catch 100 balls, you know, so it balances out. But, you know, I've caught 100 balls for the last four years. So, um you take 50 of those and 50 from the inside, 50 from the outside, you know, 20 from the backfield. You know, I, I think that's what makes me the complete receiver, that I can be anywhere, you know. Um, and uh, the guy, again, not as fast, not as big, not as strong, you know, but I have success. Look and go to tape. Yeah. Prime example, yep. you know. And and would anybody argue that he doesn't deserve $15 million? No. But And, again, he's playing with one of, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, people don't weigh those situations in. You know, you think about Big Ben. You think about um, Eli Manning. You know, like, people don't – people you can't – you know, you can't, you can't weigh the, that quarterback and Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, and, and what I've done, I feel like it goes underappreciated. You know, obviously because we've been losing and um, Miami's not a great market as well, you know. So, I think it does get underappreciated. But, you know, every receiver is a slot receiver. Yeah. Do you hear that stuff? Or yeah. are you pretty good at blocking that out? I mean, how do you kind of approach? I mean, I, I, he, I hear it, but at the same time, like, you know, I can't change the way that I get fed. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because I, I eat with a fart, you know what I mean? Like, I ain't got to change it with the, food, with the spoon. Like, I'm still getting fed. You know, I'm still eating. You know, and I think that that, for me, um, is something that I really just kind of, like, wipe out my shoulder, you know, because it doesn't define me. You know, I, I catch the ball from wherever. You know, if the ball thrown to me is a good ball, just catch it. You know, regardless of the slot, backfield, outside, that's just what it is. Yeah. Uh, last, last question, just general. How good can this offense be? You, Josh, Njoku, one of the Tyrod, best. whoever's playing quarterback. One of the best. One of the best. But we got to be detailed. We got to be disciplined. We got to be definitely got to be tough, you know. And and when when time comes down for crunch time, guys got to make plays, no matter who it is, myself, whether it's Josh, no matter who it is, whether it's somebody that doesn't start and have to come off the bench, we have to play for the big moments as well, you know, and I think we're going to be in a lot of them this year, you know, um, and and guys got to step up, every guy got to step up, every guy, every every man counts, you know, and I think that that, that will allow us to be special. That was Brown's wide receiver Jarvis Landry. I talked to him on Tuesday following practice. You can see the Q&A of that at cleveland.com slash Browns along with all of our other coverage of OTAs. We have mandatory minicamp next week. We'll have complete coverage of that 
at cleveland.com slash browns as well. Make sure you subscribe to the Orange Brown Talk podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and leave us a rating, all of that good stuff. Please, good ratings. We really appreciate that. For Mary Kate Cabot, I'm Dan Lobby. Thanks for listening, everybody.